Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Laboring in Employment, a monthly podcast series on Asia employment law issues. I am Vinci. And I am Clarence. We are part of the Simmons & Simmons Asia Employment Team. Clarence, the Hong Kong government has recently announced an expansion to the previously announced vaccine bubble arrangement, which came into effect on 24th of February. This is a very hot topic at the moment, and I thought it would be interesting to talk about this and discuss its impact on employers. Thanks, Vinci. Yes, we have something similar in place for Singapore, and we've had that for a while now. So it would be useful and interesting to discuss the similarities and differences between the two jurisdictions, particularly as we are starting to see an increase in the movement of employee, employees between these two financial centres. Vinci, to kick us off, perhaps we can outline our respective positions? Of course. You would have already heard from the news that Hong Kong is currently in its fifth wave of the epidemic and case numbers are continuing to rise. The Hong Kong government announced on 8th of February that it will be expanding the previously announced vaccine bubble to cover the majority of premises used by the public. These measures have been dubbed the vaccine pass because only those who have been vaccinated are allowed to access these specified premises. The vaccine pass arrangement will apply to 23 types of premises including, for example, shopping malls, department stores, and fitness centers. What are visitors required to do in order to be permitted to enter these premises? Visitors to these premises must upload their vaccination proof, or if they cannot be vaccinated for medical reasons, an exemption certificate issued by a doctor to the Leave Home Safe mobile application and they must have received the vaccine by the following prescribed timeline. From 24th of February 2022, all individuals aged 12 or above must have received at least one dose of the vaccine. By 30th of April this year, all individuals aged 18 or above must have received two doses of the vaccine. By 30th of June of this year, all individuals aged 18 or above must have received at least three doses of the vaccine if they have received their second dose over nine months ago. And how will this vaccine pass arrangement affect employers? It largely depends on where employees are located. Let's take an example. If the employer is a clothing company, they may have employees working in stores that are located within shopping malls, and they may also have employees located in other offices. In order for employees to carry out their work in the stores, which are located within shopping malls, they will need to comply with the vaccine pass arrangements unless they are medically exempted. However, the vaccine pass arrangements will not apply to the office-based employees. Okay, that makes sense. But what if the office is located above a shopping mall? Will the employees need to comply with the vaccine pass arrangements in order to pass through the shopping mall? That's a good question, Clarence. 
No, the vaccine pass arrangements do not apply to those who are only passing through a shopping mall to go to work. The vaccine pass arrangements would apply, however, if any of the employees visit the shopping mall, for example, to shop during their lunch hour. Practically speaking, how is the Hong Kong government expecting to differentiate between people passing through a shopping mall to get to work and individuals stopping to shop? The government is currently differentiating between two types of premises, those that require active or passive checking of the vaccine pass. Restaurants, for example, will require active checking, which will involve scanning your QR code at the entrance, but shopping malls will fall into the passive category, which means providing the vaccine pass if asked by enforcement agents. What is the position in Singapore? The position is similar in Singapore, as I will explain. The Singapore government issued a series of vaccination-differentiated safe management measures in August last year. To put it bluntly, these measures target medically eligible but unvaccinated employees, effectively barring them from entering certain specified premises. These categories of specified premises were recently expanded with effect from 1st of February this year and now encompass 20 very broad categories. Now, in case you are thinking that this is less stringent than Hong Kong's 23 categories, the 20 types of premises include sweeping categories such as, and I quote here, dining in at all F&B establishments, shopping malls, and most importantly for the purpose of this discussion, all work-related events. What constitutes a work-related event? This includes any event that involves employees or stakeholders, such as conferences, seminars, corporate retreats, employee training sessions, annual general meetings, and extraordinary general meetings. What are visitors required to do in order to be permitted to enter these premises or participate in these events in person? The criteria is actually fairly straightforward. Visitors must either be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or have a medical exemption as certified by a registered medical practitioner in Singapore. Although medically eligible but unvaccinated employees were previously granted an exemption from these vaccination-differentiated safe management measures upon proof of a negative PCR or ART test, this exemption has now been removed. As these vaccination-differentiated safe management measures apply to all work-related events, how is this likely to affect employers? In practical terms, the impact on employers is not actually that significant since Singapore has a vaccination rate of almost 95%, with close to 65% of the population having received their first booster shot. So it seems that the vaccination differentiated safe management measures is actually fairly targeted with medically illegible but unvaccinated employees bearing the brunt of the prohibitions. Yes, this is an astute observation.
And I, this can be illustrated by two examples. First, to the extent that a prolonged absence from work adversely affects um, their individual performance, for example, their inability to effectively collaborate with team members or participate in discussions in person, this could legitimately count towards a poor individual performance score. As you know, in Singapore, an employer may dismiss an employee with notice on the ground of poor performance. Secondly, to the extent that these employees are required to be on site in order to carry out their work, their inability to do so could effectively lead to the termination of their employment. The Singapore government has made clear in its vaccination advisory that the termination of an employee with notice on this basis is presumed not to be wrongful. That sounds quite strict, actually. Yes, the vaccination differentiated safe management measures is turning out to be a fairly effective tool at ensuring all eligible employees receive the vaccine. On this note, what is the corresponding position for Hong Kong if an employee refuses to get vaccinated and cannot produce proof of a medical exemption? Interestingly, the Hong Kong government appears to have taken a leaf out of the Singapore government's playbook. It has announced that it, it plans to make various amendments to the employment ordinance in order to minimize employment disputes arising from anti-epidemic measures. One of the proposed amendments is to make clear that the dismissal of employees on the basis of their inability to attend work due to non-compliance with the vaccine pass arrangements will not constitute unreasonable dismissal. That sounds very familiar. But doesn't an employer in Hong Kong already have a contractual right to terminate an employee upon notice or the payment of salary in lieu of notice? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Even before this proposed amendment, it was already possible to dismiss an employee regardless of their vaccination status, so long as the employee is paid all sums due on termination. And assuming the individual does not fall within one of the employment ordinance prohibitions on dismissal, for example, is not on sick leave or pregnant or on maternity leave, under Hong Kong law, there is no additional compensation available for an unreasonable dismissal. That being said, the dismissal of unvaccinated employees is certainly not a common mar market practice in Hong Kong just yet, but we are aware of a small number of employers who are starting to adopt this as a more aggressive approach to managing the vaccination issue. That's interesting. The position regarding the termination of medically eligible but unvaccinated employees is clear enough. But how about at the start of the employment relationship? Is it permissible for Hong Kong employers to mandate vaccination as a condition of employment for new hires? In short, yes, but there are slightly different considerations that apply to employees who fall within the scope of the vaccine pass arrangement. For example, they work in one of the scheduled premises versus those who fall outside the vaccine pass scheme. For employees that fall within the scope of the vaccine pass arrangements, 
it is legal it is a legal requirement for them to be vaccinated according to the prescribed timeline unless they are able to produce a medical exemption certificate. It would be prudent for employers to make it clear that vaccination and compliance with the vaccine pass arrangements are mandatory from the outset of the recruitment process. For example, when advertising the role or in the application form. For any candidates who are currently going through the recruitment process, employers should communicate with them about this requirement at the next opportunity and ask them to confirm if they are either vaccinated or medically exempt from vaccination. Even though the vaccine pass arrangements do not apply to office employees, we are of the view that it is legally permissible to mandate vaccination as a condition of employment on the basis of ensuring a healthy and safe work environment for employees, provided a carve-out is given to those that are medically exempt. We are aware that an increasing number of employers in Hong Kong mandating vaccination as a condition of employment. I'm guessing it's the same in Singapore. To a large extent, yes. In this regard, the Singapore government has helpfully issued a series of FAQs relating to the vaccination advisory. One of the questions is whether an employer may impose a vaccination requirement upfront at the point of recruitment or in the advertisements for the new hires. The answer states, and I quote here, yes, you may impose vaccination as a requirement for new hires for the purpose of planning deployment at the workplace. In practice, we are seeing many employers imposing this as a condition precedent in their employment contracts, and we have been advising our clients to do the same in their contracts. On a related note, if an employee refuses to disclose their vaccination status, in Singapore, it is permissible to treat them as unvaccinated for the purpose of the vaccination differentiated safe management measures. Is this the same for Hong Kong? In short, yes. Employers may request disclosure of vaccination status and are entitled to treat employees who refuse to disclose vaccination status as unvaccinated. And how about employees who falsely declare their vaccination status? In Singapore, this is likely to amount to misconduct, and employees may be subject to the employer's disciplinary framework for breaches of company policy. In more egregious cases, this might give rise to grounds for summary dismissal on the basis of misconduct. Would this be the same for Hong Kong? Yes, the position would be the same in Hong Kong. Thanks, Vinci. I think there is so much more we could discuss and analyze regarding these issues, but we are unfortunately out of time. This has been a very interesting discussion. Yes, indeed. And we hope you found it useful. If you have any questions, do reach out to either of us. Otherwise, please stay tuned for our next episode. Bye for now.